This is a CBC Podcast. I used to run marathons in my younger days, when my knees were a bit more spry. And I have a lot of fond memories spread out over 17 years of races. Like standing at the start line in Chicago. Joining in as tens of thousands of strangers belted out the star-spangled banner with jets blasting by overhead. It was the first major public event after 9-11. Or in New York, when I promised a much faster running mate that I'd name my firstborn son in his honor if he helped me qualify for the holy grail of races, the Boston Marathon. As we neared the finish line, with his steady stream of obscenities ringing in my ears, he paced me into a personal best, and a finishing time that earned me that spot in Boston. He held up his end of the bargain, so I held up mine. Starts and finishes, the two poles of a marathon. They tend to garner all the attention because dreams are still possible at the start and they occasionally come true at the finish. But while the two poles may suck up all the emotional energy of a race, it's actually the middle of a marathon that decides if it's going to end in ecstasy or misery. I'm John Chipman, and this is a hell of a story. Alberta voters are scheduled to go to the polls on Monday in a tight election pitting the United Conservative Party of Danielle Smith against Rachel Notley's New Democrats. But there remains a lot of political space between those two polls, which has left some wondering, what happened to the middle in Alberta politics? Now, the Alberta NDP may be a lot closer to the centre than the federal party, But for some Albertans, especially those living outside Edmonton and Calgary, the NDP still feels too far left to support. I visited a southern riding earlier this month where conservative support runs deep, and a first-time candidate is pitching a moderate, middle-ground alternative that he hopes resonates with voters. Hey everyone, uh, thank you for coming. I, I see familiar faces, I see family, I see friends. I see some folks that I haven't seen before. Um, this is Kevin Todd, candidate for the Alberta Party in Livingstone McLeod, an enormous rural riding. It runs from High River, just south of Calgary, all the way down to the Montana border, to the outskirts of Lethbridge to the east and up into the Rockies in the west. This is true blue conservative country. We're at the Shepherd Family Park Barn in High River for a campaign event. I grew up in Nanton, just up the road. This riding of Livingston McLeod is truly an extension of my home. Kevin is an emotional guy, and sometimes his nerves get the best of him. This feels like home. Sorry. But this is a supportive crowd. It's a small event. There's barely 15 people here. So usually when I do this, I tell people that I truly care. So that's where all this comes from. So, Despite the low turnout, the stakes are high. Because Kevin Todd and the Alberta Party believe, perhaps optimistically, that the balance of power in Alberta politics may be earned at tiny campaign events just like this one. 
There are currently two parties dominating Alberta politics, the United Conservatives and the New Democrats. In Livingstone McLeod, for the UCP, that's Chelsea Petrovic, a local mayor and nurse. On a podcast in February, Chelsea took a hard line on personal responsibility when it comes to health care. I think we've gone into a society that we have become so dependent on being saved. Don't worry, the government's going to come and save us. You know, and I see it in healthcare. Maybe the reason why you had a heart attack um, was because you haven't taken care of yourself. You know, you're extremely overweight. You haven't managed your congestive heart failure. You haven't managed your diabetes and there's no personal accountability. But they come into the hospital and it's all of a sudden it's everyone else's problem but their own. That didn't land well. Meanwhile, the NDP's Kevin Van Teagum, a noted conservationist, got in trouble for comments he made about Albertans in 2021 while promoting a book he wrote. We have a reputation as a place of sort of entitled, grabby, resource exploiters. That's sort of that redneck thing, the pickup truck, you know, the ball cap. And you know, that's part of who we are. I mean, that's, that's, that's everybody's brother or cousin, right? But there's so much more to that. Both candidates landed in hot water for their comments. Hey, Faye, I think we're ready to roll here, girl. Hey, John, how are you? I'm good. This is my daughter, Cora. Hi, Cora. She's building the sign for me today. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's all hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. But for the Alberta Party's Kevin Todd, yeah, his opponent's blunders might just mean an opportunity. At least, that's how he sees it. Two contentious voices at opposite ends of the political spectrum, with a lot of potentially fertile ground between them. Ground the Alberta party is desperately trying to harvest. For me, it's about doing the right thing and giving people a place to vote that there's no place right now in the landscape. I'm all in. I expect to win. If I don't, um, I've left everything out here. The Alberta party is far from a force in Alberta politics. Since the writ dropped on May 1st, it's been polling at between 2 and 5% province-wide. The party had zero seats in the last legislature. In fact, the Alberta party has only managed to get one candidate elected ever in 2015. But its vote count has been steadily rising for a decade. From just under 17,000 votes, or 1.3%, in 2012, to more than 172,000, 9.1%, in 2019 which was still a distant third to the UCP and NDP. The Alberta party is not running a full slate this election. It only has candidates in 19 of the province's 87 ridings. That's less than the Green Party. Some might call it a fringe party, except fringe parties usually sit at the outer edges of the political spectrum. The Alberta party sits smack dab in the middle. It's a centrist party pro-business, balanced budgets. It supports fiscal responsibility, but also feels government has a role to provide a social safety net for those in need. The other centrist party in Alberta, the Liberals, is faring even worse. Its slate is smaller, 13 candidates province-wide. In the last election, it won 1% of the popular vote and zero seats. And the Liberals haven't even been an option in most of the polls conducted since the current campaign began. Peter Piper pecked a peck of pickled peppers. Perfect. Janet Brown is a pollster and political commentator based in Calgary. They complained on the radio that I do pop my piece. (laughs) She says that despite the struggles of centrist parties at the polls, there are centrist voters in Alberta. A lot of them. 
Well, in polling, we do ask people um, where they sit on the political spectrum. We give them a scale from zero to 10. Zero means they're left wing, 10 means the right wing. Well, the majority of people call themselves a four, five, and six. Janet says in recent years, this has created a unique situation in Alberta. When we ask people to use the same scale and apply it to Danielle Smith and then apply it to Rachel Notley, we get sort of an interesting dichotomy there. Voters see themselves in the middle, but they see Rachel Notley somewhat to the left. They see Danielle Smith to the very far right. And so if you're a centrist, a right-leaning centrist voter, your natural tendency would be to look at Danielle Smith, but then you worry that she's too far right. And then you think, well, the closer candidate to me is the one on the left, but I think of myself as right wing. So this is the conundrum that a lot of voters face. Albertans used to consistently, almost religiously vote conservative. The old progressive conservative party governed for 44 years straight. Lori Williams, an associate professor of policy studies at Mount Royal University in Calgary, says that had more to do with the politics and party of the day. The progressive conservatives were a pragmatic, big tent party with lots of room for moderates. Because it would move left or right. I mean, for example, if we were to look at Peter Lougheed's policies. Peter Lougheed was the lion of Alberta's progressive conservative dynasty, governing as premier from 1971 to 1985. They'd actually would sit ideologically or on the spectrum. They'd sit to the left of Rachel Notley's policies right now. So... The image may look a little bit more conservative, if, if only small c conservative, but the reality is that we're a lot more diverse and a lot more centrist, I think, than, than the reputation suggests. But Lori says that all politics in Alberta have been steadily shifting to the right for decades. Former Premier Ralph Klein was fiscally conservative, at least most of the time, but he was known even more for his populism when he governed through the 90s into the mid-aughts, like the prosperity bonus, nicknamed Ralph Bucks, in 2006. This year, the province sent $400 checks to every Albertan. and There was the electoral success of the even further right Wild Rose Party, which was headed for a landslide victory over the progressive conservatives in 2012. The Wild Rose Party is hoping to topple the progressive conservatives. Before voters got cold feet. Obviously, the uh, Wild Rose Party, some of their candidates have had some missteps with some, uh, some comments that uh, maybe painted the uh, party as a little more socially conservative than they would have liked. And then the Progressive Conservatives and Wild Rose merged in 2017, creating the current United Conservative Party. This afternoon, I tendered my resignation as Wild Rose leader. Nine members of the Wild Rose Caucus, including myself, will be joining the government caucus. And with the new party's shift to the right, some moderate conservatives began to feel left out. So what are we riding on right now? They call this a, a UTV, a utility vehicle. For short, we just call it a side-by-side. Center-right progressive conservatives like rancher Morgan Wilson. So how many acres did you say you have? We have about 900 acres here. Morgan has about 50 beef cattle on his farm outside Nanton, population 2200. I've been a lifelong conservative supporter, really, and I'm feeling kind of disenfranchised by how the party has moved away from the center. It was, it was difficult to kind of reconcile that because I'm a born and bred conservative voter. It was kind of it's a bit of an awakening, I guess. I don't think that I've moved politically very far on the spectrum, and I guess I was a lot closer to center than I thought I was. Since the party has moved away, I felt like I was politically homeless. And, and 
there's quite a few of us in the country that are feeling that way. There's a lot of us wringing our hands about, you know, all that seems to be wrong. But there's not a bunch of us really willing to step up and do anything about it. And, and glad to have our candidate stand in here and say, hey, this just doesn't work. Kevin Todd is campaigning to give politically homeless Albertans like Morgan a new place to put down roots. And he believes fervently that Morgan Wilson is just one of many looking for a home. Kevin should know he used to be one of them. When he decided he wanted to try provincial politics, he initially turned to the party he'd always supported, the party his parents had always supported, the one with conservative in its name. Before representing the Alberta party, Kevin Todd sought the UCP nomination in Livingstone McLeod. I'll tell you, there's 12 of us all wanted to vie for this nomination race. We all signed each other's papers. I'm like, I'll sign your papers, you sign my papers. We'll have a friendly nomination race. We had coffee together, and the best person will win. Only three ended up on the ballot in the end. The other ones, we were just said, like, it was, you were not welcome, more or less. That was the feeling. Like, if you ever showed up to some place, and they're like, you're not supposed to be there. But how do you get from 12 people that are really passionate about wanting a job to only three on a ballot? I potentially was naive into this whole situation of what a nomination race was and what a CA board was, and I learned pretty quick. CA stands for Constituency Association Board, and they play a crucial role in determining who will be the candidate and then supporting them if they win. While party members in each riding vote on the nominees, it's the CA board that sets the rules. The UCP's board in Livingstone McLeod has 30 members. Selecting them isn't usually contentious, at least not until this year. I went to the Constituency Association AGM, and when I walked in, there were people lined up outside the building. And I'd never seen that before in a CA AGM. Lisa Sigatak is a UCP member in the Crow's Nest Pass, which is nestled up in the Rockies in the southwest corner of the riding. She made the hour-plus drive to the Livingstone McLeod CA Board's annual general meeting in January. It was at a senior center in Claire's home, Chelsea Petrovic's hometown, across from a hockey rink just off the highway. And the people in line were very angry. They were talking about how the vaccines were garbage and how we've become a, a communist country. And I couldn't understand the vitriol that was coming out of these people. Kevin Todd was already inside. I was actually told in so, not so many uncertain terms, you better try to get some people elected on this CA board if you want to be the MLA. Like, okay, so I had two or three that could have been on the board of 30. I wasn't going to hijack a CA board, but I wanted three, four people there. And so I, I looked at the list of people who were running on the CA, and I knew a number of them, and I, some of them like I, I really respect and, and like. And then at that time, there was only 27 people who wanted the job of 30. Usually when you go to a CA nomination you have your list of people running and you may have one or two people from the floor who put their hand up to run. There was like 40 people put their hands up. This person and that person and this person and that person and that person and this person and then all of a sudden there was I think it was 44. I looked around and I thought what is going on here like never in my life have I seen anything like that. I was shocked. The feeling in the room I wasn't welcome. I was causing, I was throwing a monkey wrench into what they were hoping for. What 
happened. 80% of the board was taken over by this faction of people. And I kept hearing the words TBA, but I didn't know what TBA was. She would soon enough. TBA stands for Take Back Alberta, a new movement in conservative politics that has quickly become a force. Here's Lori Williams from Mount Royal University. It's a third-party advertiser, but a very well-organized. They, what they're trying to do is motivate people to vote, to donate, and they have organized effectively against Jason Kenney, or they claim credit for removing him as, as leader of the, of the party and ultimately premier, and uh, for installing Danielle Smith. Uh, a lot of the folks involved in, in Take Back Alberta um, were involved at the convoy protest in Ottawa, at the Coots Border uh, protests in, in southern Alberta at the border. And so a lot of these folks um, represent, again, that further right wing. Some, in some cases, it's more libertarian. In other cases, it's, it's uh, social conservatism. They don't always agree on everything. They may not even agree on the meaning of freedom, but they do seem to agree that the, uh, the United Conservative Party had tacked too far to the center and was, was representing um, a threat to freedom that was particularly viscerally felt by a lot of rural Albertans. Back at the CA board meeting in Livingstone McLeod in January, another person was also watching the vote for new members unfold. Jackie Vanderflute was an outgoing member of the CA board. She was stepping down because she planned to seek the UCP nomination in the riding. Uh, that day I actually just organized the event, uh, you know, rented the, the building and made a big chilly dinner for everybody to offset the cost because I'm a fiscal conservative too, so I don't like to take a loss on meetings. <laughs> Jackie's not a member of the TBA and doesn't align with its ideas or goals. But she knew that some of her colleagues on the CA board were sympathetic to the group's views, which she found distressing. These are people I know. <laughs> These are people who live down the street. These are people that go to school with my kids. So they are average citizens who just believe very strongly in sovereignty because they've been told to. <laughs> no mandatory vaccinations or health restrictions ever. And independence, right? Like all the money that is Alberta stays in Alberta. So they just are systematically sending messaging that breaks us from the Confederation. And th- they drink it. What Jackie didn't realize was that those colleagues on the board had a plan, and they were about to enact it. The nominations from the floor were multiple and coordinated and many. And so for the first time in my heart, I had to admit that that the people that I've been serving with on this board for the last couple of years, they had premeditated intentions to take the board for what they had planned. And she says the consequences of the takeover were felt almost immediately. Jackie contends that the new CA board overhauled the nomination process, so it favoured TBA's preferred candidate, Chelsea Petrovic. Specifically, voters in areas of the riding that were less likely to support Chelsea were given less time to vote in the nomination race while voters in and around Chelsea's hometown of Clare's home, where she's mayor, were given more time. There was only two hours allowed in, su- in the southern tip of Livingstone McLeod, of which some people never got a chance to vote. Four hours right in the middle, which was Chelsea's area, and two hours in High River. And I stood outside and I watched, and people were being turned away after the voting period. 
Jackie Vanderflut's aspirations for the UCP nomination didn't last long. She resigned her party membership in March and is now supporting Kevin Todd's campaign. She's also donated to the Green Party. Kevin ultimately withdrew his name for the UCP nomination as well. He was reluctant to get into why. Kevin said he wanted to take the high road. But his frustration with how he was treated was practically seeping out of his pores. Um, I will tell you this. There is a 50-page document that I had to lay my entire life out for. Very detailed, very intrusive. And I, I filled it out as part of the nomination process. Actually, I'll tell you, I think I ended up having to fill it out two times for sure, potentially three, so they didn't make it easy for me, I'll tell you that. And the transparency, I didn't trust my life of 55 pages going into those folks at that CA board, honest to God, and I didn't file the papers. Two days later, he called Alberta party leader Barry Morshida and asked to run as that party's representative in Livingstone McLeod. I reached out to the UCP Constituency Association Board in Livingstone McLeod and the election campaign for Chelsea Petrovic for comment on the allegations that the nomination process was manipulated to favour her candidacy. Neither got back to me. I also reached out to Take Back Alberta to respond to the assertions that it undertook a coordinated campaign to gain control of the CA board in Livingstone McLeod. It didn't respond as well. Jackie Vanderflut says she believes that Take Back Alberta's efforts in Livingstone McLeod are a sign of its ambitions within the United Conservative Party province-wide. In fact, Take Back Alberta leader David Parker has said just that. We need to control the party that's in power, he told followers earlier this year, among other things. This is a war between the pro-humans and the anti-humans. Most women my age think the worst thing that could happen to them is to get pregnant. Their careers are more important. More important than the continuation of the human race. We are living in an anti-human society. Lori Williams, the political scientist from Mount Royal University, says Take Back Alberta does not currently control the United Conservative Party, although she sees ways this election could help its efforts. In terms of the number of uh, candidates that they've actually been closely associated with, it's only about seven, I think, at this stage, and the the number of boards that they uh, are exerting significant control might run as high as a dozen. So I'm not sure that we're going to see them taking over a number of seats and being able to operate uh, in a significant way from within the uh, the legislature unless it's it's a very uh, slim majority that is won by the by the United Conservative Party. And that's certainly a possibility. Back at Kevin Todd's campaign event, there's talk of another potential outcome. Alberta party leader Barry Morishita said a razor-thin election and a little luck at the ballot box could give centrists back their voice and influence in the legislature. That means we really got to work hard to get a couple of seats. A couple of seats could make a huge difference. We could have a first minority in Alberta. Mm -hmm. We could have a couple of moderate, thoughtful MLAs moderating the edges of what we're concerned about from whoever gets to form government. So, yeah, we do have definitely... Kevin Todd sees the Alberta party in Edmonton after the vote. 
Uh, we, I see a minority government with three to five of us with that banner sitting in the legislature and holding the balance. But uh, everything begins with one, right? Everything begins with one. One vote, one, one win, one riding, and uh, you go from there. That documentary originally aired on the Sunday magazine with support from the team at CBC's Audio Doc Unit, of which I am a part. Once I completed that doc, I had this extra bit of tape that really stuck with me because it speaks to the why. Why do long-shot candidates run when they have little chance of winning? As I mentioned, the Alberta party is not the only centrist party pitching a middle-ground alternative. But the other centrist candidate in Livingstone McLeod is facing even Whoa. longer Hello. odds trying to gain I'm traction with, with voters. I'm working with Dylan Hauser. He's running in the election. Who's he represent? The Alberta Liberals. I tagged along as Alberta Liberal candidate Dylan Hauser and his team went door knocking in High River, hometown one. to UCP leader Danielle Smith. The liberal brand is a tough sell in Alberta these days. Dylan says the party is the best fit for his politics, but he often faces open hostility trying to convince Albertans oh, that, that it could be a slam. good that fit a good for one. them too. <laughs> first door, first slam right off the bat. I mean, having somebody with me, we can laugh it off, but doing that alone, it, it eventually wears on you. Okay. Dylan ran for the Liberals in the last provincial election as well, and he says he'll be back for the next one and the one after that. He says politics has always been in his blood, and he wants to participate, even if his efforts go unrewarded. Well, don't get me wrong. I want to get there, too. That is an aspiration of mine, a dream, is to walk through the halls in Edmonton. Absolutely it is. But I want to get there on my terms. But I also recognize that it's not always just about the end goal. For me, it's, it's a passion. If I don't enjoy the game up to that point, then reaching that pinnacle isn't a full appreciation anyway. Like, the whole process is part of it. Even if I don't win, 50 years down the road when I'm talking about my journey, I got to do this, you know? I got, I got to engage in forums. I got to experience people pissed off and likewise supportive. I mean, the ebbs and flows of it. And if one day it works out for me, perfect. If one day I get to watch somebody who was sort of inspired by it, perfect. It's a win still. But... <laughs> Dang rights, I wanted to get into Edmonton for sure. It's just I made it a little harder to get there. And that's it for this week's Hell of a Story. The show is produced by Tanara McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. We're part of the CBC Audio Doc Unit. And hey, if you like what you're hearing on Hell of a Story, why not hit subscribe, save to your favorites, tell a friend. We'd really appreciate it. I'm John Chipman. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.